This is Learning with Leslie. Welcome to another episode of Learning with Leslie, the podcast where you learn, I learn, we all learn about how to build an online business with a blog. No, I'm not talking about one of those blogs that will fall by the wayside when Google has a mood swing. I'm talking about one that will thrive no matter what gets thrown at it. I'm your host, Leslie Summer from becomeablogger.com, where we're changing the world one blog at a time. And as usual, I have another exciting episode for you today. In today's episode, episode 298, we're going to be talking about how to create content that drives traffic to your blog. Traffic, traffic, traffic. It's a thing that so many bloggers talk about and every blogger wants more of. And maybe you've been blogging for a while but are just not satisfied with how much traffic you're getting. Or maybe you're just getting started and you just want to make sure that you're setting yourself up for success. You don't want to put up content and hear crickets. You want to provide value to others and you want to build your business. Well, the biggest factor related to traffic is your content. But are you creating the right kind of content? Are you setting yourself up for success? Is your content the kind of content that will drive traffic? If not, you're in the right place because traffic, that's what we're going to be talking about today 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 how are you doing i hope you are having a fantastic day so far thank you so much for listening and joining me today to listen to this podcast i want to talk about traffic because i know traffic is that thing like i mentioned that everybody wants more of if you're a blogger you want more traffic i don't care how much traffic you have you probably want more so i want to talk about content because i think Oftentimes when we think about traffic, we think about the different tactics that you can use and what you can do on social media and so on. And yeah, we're going to talk about some of that. But I think the biggest factor when it comes to driving traffic is content. Now, I want to I wanna actually go back in time to when I started uh, my blog. I was going to say become a blogger, but at that time, <laughs> it was not called become a blogger. It was called The Freebie Guy. Dun, dun, dun. Did you know that? I mean, I don't know how long you've been following me, but my first blog uh, related to online marketing and business was in 2008, and it was called The Freebie Guy. Now, let me give you the backstory. So I started my online business on January 18 of 2008. Now, this was the day where I kind of stumbled onto a website that was talking about this system for making money that was called freebie trading. And if you don't know how that works, um, don't worry about trying to get into it today because it's not going to work the way it worked back then. But the concept was relatively simple. You had these websites that they called incentivized freebie websites, IFWs. And what they did was they promised to send you free stuff, like a free iPod iPod Touch at the time, or a free TV, or a free Nintendo Wii, or stuff like that, you know? And what you had to do in order to get those free things was complete offers and refer other people to complete those offers. You, you remember those websites? I, I think there's... No, I know they're still around. I don't pay attention to them, but 
Um, that was a concept. You complete some offers, and it could be like Netflix offers. Um, I, I remember that was one of the popular offers back then. And a bunch of other offers that you can complete. And you refer someone to do it. And depending on the number of referrals that you get, you can get free stuff. Now, not only could you get free stuff, you could actually get paid some money for doing this. And the first year that I did this, I remember, man, it was so exciting because I made I made approximately $29,000. Now, this was gross. So um, the way it worked is you actually paid people to sign up on the websites. It was this big system. Um, and so I, I probably profited about 50% of that. But I was so excited about this concept of freebie trading, and I wanted to start teaching people about it. Now, here's the thing. When I started freebie trading, the way we got people to sign up it was by using forums. Now, this was back in 2008 when forums were still relatively hot, right? And there were some very popular freebie trading forums with people that were looking to complete these offers. So it was kind of like this win-win situation. You go there looking for people, people are looking for offers, and you can make money doing it. Now, here's the thing. Because I was posting regularly in the forums and because I was sharing a lot of valuable information for people who were freebie traders and helping people solve their problems, um, I, I got well-known in the forums. People knew me. Uh, my, my username back then was the freebie guy, and people knew me as the freebie guy. <laughs> All right. Now, in September... I stumbled on to actually I think in August of that year I stumbled on to blogging and then I launched my blog in September of that year. Now I know this is a long story but it's going somewhere. Um so I was excited to start my blog because here's the thing. Up until that point all of the work that I was doing to get uh people to sign up for these freebie websites was in the forums. So I had to spend a lot of time in the forums. This was not a, a, a platform that I owned. This was a forum that was owned by someone else. And all of my referrals were dependent on me being active in the forum. So when I found out about blogging, it was kind of like, man, I could set up my own blog and have people find me on my own platform. Now, here's the thing. When I started that blog... In September of 2008, my traffic was almost instantaneous. Uh, from one day to the next, I had people visiting my blog. Now, why was that the case? Was it just a fluke? Was it an accident? Absolutely not. It wasn't. It's because I had used the forums and built up my reputation in the forums in a way that when I launched my blog and I told people about it, everyone was excited to check out this blog, and people came almost instantly. So I didn't start my blog from a position of, you know, I'm starting my blog, I have absolutely no exposure, um, and I, I have no way of getting people to my site, but I'm going to start and eventually build up some traffic. No, I started it because I started it at a time when I had already been doing work to build up that re reputation, and I brought some of that audience over with me. So now, the underlying question here is, what causes traffic? And if you think about what causes traffic, there are a few specific things that you need in order to get that traffic. 
Number one, you need a specific audience that you're trying to target, right? You need a specific audience that you're trying to target. My audience back then were people that wanted to make some extra money using freebie trading. Okay, so these were freebie traders was my audience or beginning freebie traders or people that wanted to start making money with freebie trading. And quite frankly, people that wanted to just start making money and, you know, freebie trading was a way for them to do it. So you need to have a specific audience. Number two, you have to have a specific problem that you're helping your audience solve. So once again, my audience, the problem that they wanted to solve was they wanted to make some extra money. They wanted to pay off some bills. They wanted to have some free cash that they didn't have before, whatever the case might be. That was the problem. That was the pain point that I was helping them solve. Then you need to have specific content that you are creating on a consistent basis. Now, what kind of content was I creating? Of course, I was creating content on how to make money with freebies. I was teaching the basics of freebies. How do you get started? Um, back, uh, I remember the terms that we used to use, going green. Going green is when you complete the offers and you get credit for using the offers. So I would define these different terms for people and help people to understand how do you register for a site? How do you go green? And how do you get paid, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But I was creating that content on a consistent basis. Then you also need specific marketing channels. How are you going to get people to your blog? Where are you going to market your content? Where are you going to market your blog? Now, back then for me, I used the free freebie trading forum. And the reason I used the freebie trading forum is because a lot of people that wanted to make money with freebies were on that forum. So that was like the perfect place to get them. It just made perfect sense. So you need to have specific marketing channels where you can reach your audience. And also you have to have specific actions for them uh, to take. So I wanted my audience to find my content so useful that they would share it with their friends. Someone comes to my blog, they find out about freebie trading, they made their first 20 bucks and they're excited about it. So they want to share with their friends how they can make their first 20 bucks on the internet, etc., etc. So you need a specific audience, a specific problem that you are trying you're helping your audience solve with specific content that you are creating consistently. You're marketing them on specific channels and you have specific actions that you want them to take. If you can get them to share your content, that brings even more traffic. Now, if any of these components are missing, you will not get the traffic that you want. If any of these components are missing, you will not get the traffic that you want. Now, I want to share with you a study that uh, I found a while back, actually. It was, it's called The Psychology of Sharing. It, it was from the New York Times Consumer, I mean, Customer Insight Group. So they did a, a very detailed, extensive study where they were looking at the reasons why people share content online. So this was an interesting study because what they did was a, a bunch of interviews, some observations, ethnographies, basically studying culture. Uh, they did a bunch of surveys and so on, and they found that there were a few reasons, one, two, three, four, five reasons why people share 
content online. And this is, this is important because if you want people to share your content online so that you can get even more traffic to your blog, you have to be tapping into at least one of these aspects of why people share. So I want to share these with you really quick. Number one, to bring valuable, enlightening, and entertaining content into the lives of the people they care about. In other words, they're sharing content. People, one of the main reasons people share content online is to improve the lives of others. Now, as we go through these reasons, I want you to think, you know, is my content improving the lives of others? Would someone be proud to share it because it does this or one of these other factors? So that's number one. Number two, to define themselves. So in other words, they want people to know, hey, this is what I stand for. This is what I believe in. So they share that content. Does your content help your audience define themselves to others? Okay, so number three, to grow and nourish their relationships. In other words, this, you know, they share content to, to keep connected to, to the, the people around them, to the, the people that they are connected with. Uh, number four, for self-fulfillment. They get a satisfaction from sharing that content. It makes them feel valuable. It makes them feel important. Um, and number five, to get the word out about causes they believe in. Um, so that's number five. So if you want to increase the traffic to your blog, you want people to share your content. And if you can provide content that helps them, you know, is, is valuable, enlightening, or entertaining, it helps them define themselves to others, it helps them to grow and nourish their relationships, it gives them a, self, a, a, a sense of self-fulfillment, uh, or it's about a cause that they believe in, if you can tap into any of those things with your content, that's going to increase the likelihood that people are actually going to share your stuff. And, I, and the key thing that I want you to understand here, when it comes to the psychology of sharing based on this study, it's all about relationships. It's about helping others, defining yourself to others, entertaining others, um, uh, 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 and so on. It gives you that self fulfillment that feeling of self-fulfillment because you are providing value to someone else so are you creating the kind of content that your audience can feel any of these things for all right so let's continue on we've we've gone through all that you know theoretical stuff now let's talk about what to do okay so number one before you start creating the content I want you I've addressed this before, but I want you to get very specific in terms of who you're trying to target. This is so important. If you don't know who you're creating this content for, then you're not going to attract that person. So I want you to sit down and I want you to take out a pen and paper or Evernote or Microsoft Office or whatever the case might be. And I want to write, out, I want you to write out who your ideal target person is. Who is he? Who is she? Now, some people call this your customer avatar. There are different names that people use for this. But I think it's really important for you to kind of come up with a story. And I get really specific with this. In my case, my avatar is, her name is Christina Simmons. 
And I actually want to read this out for you so that you can understand the details that I go into um, when I went into when I, I decided to write this story of the person that I was targeting. So Christina is 35. She's married to Tom with two kids, a six-year-old, Simon, and a four-year-old, Annie. When Simon was born, she gave up her job as a receptionist without hesitation. She never really wanted to be a receptionist, but when her psychology degree didn't land her a job, it was the only available gig. In about a year, both of the kids will be in school, and Christina is starting to think about what she will be doing during the day. Yes, she can get that receptionist job again, but she wants something more. She always felt as if she was meant for something special. It is important to her to leave her mark on the world, but she was she has never been able to figure out exactly what that is. For the last year, she has been reading blogs and has been impressed at how individuals have been using blogs to build an audience, demonstrate their expertise, and impact the lives of many people all over the world. Not only that, she has seen how some of these bloggers have turned what they do into a thriving online business. She started doing research on how to build a business with a blog, but has been getting overwhelmed. There's so much information out there, and she's not real familiar with the technology. She considers herself to be a relatively smart person, but is uncertain as to whether this could be it. The following thoughts plague her mind. What would she write about? She's passionate about so many things that it's hard for her to narrow it down. If she were to narrow it down, what if she invests a lot of time into building it and no one comes to her blog? What if she fails? Despite her fears, she decides that she was going to give it her absolute best shot. She is determined to succeed, and she will. Do you see the detail that I went into there? You know, in that story, you know exactly who she is and what she's trying to accomplish. You know what her, her, her struggles are, what her concerns are, what her fears are. You have all of that in this story. And as a result of that, when I am creating content, I can create the exact kind of content that Christina is looking for. So, you know, in my marketing, you're not going to see me talking about, um, you know, going from zero to $10,000 in 30 days and, and, and working from the beach and, 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 you know, all that kind of stuff that you see so many marketers talk about because that's not something that's going to appeal to her. Because I know who she is, I know what she's trying to accomplish, I know what struggles she's going to encounter, I know what she's afraid of, and all of those factors, I can now tailor my content specifically to her so that when she finds it, she knows this is for me. When she finds it, she can now share that content with her friends because that content helps her to define herself to the people that she interacts with. And that right there is where the power comes in when it comes to creating content that captures an audience. So before you go into any of the things that I'm going to talk about next, I want you to spend some time thinking about who your target person is. And I want you to write that story. All right? Once you've done that, we're going to go on to the other stuff. Now, I want to really share a, an important stat with you because it emphasizes why content is so important. Um, so this was a study done by the Aberdeen Group. And what they found is that the annual growth of unique site traffic is 7.8 times higher for content marketing leaders compared to followers. 
19.7% versus 2.5%. In other words, the ones that are creating content and putting it out there consistently providing value to their audience, their growth in site traffic is 7.8 times higher. And that is where the power comes in. So you want to start with great content that delivers value. And then you want to improve from there, all right? You want to you create that content that makes your audience the hero, makes them want to share because by doing that consistently, you're setting yourself up for success. Okay, so what are we going to do next? Now that we have our ideal target person, what are we going to do next? The first thing I want you to do, well, I guess this is the second thing I want you to do, is to, to just do some brainstorming. I want you to quickly, and I, I, I'm using that word intentionally, I want you to quickly make a list of 30 to 50 topics. And you're probably thinking, oh, man, that, that's, a, that's a big list, Leslie. Yes, I want you to do this. I want you to just list out things like, you know, what kinds of questions is she asking? Um, what kinds of questions is he asking? What kinds of concerns does he or she have? I want you to just write those down. Okay, now, if you are familiar with your industry, your niche, that shouldn't be too hard. You could spend an hour now doing that or even less or even more if it takes more and just brainstorm those titles. And now you have content for the next year, basically. Okay, so I want you to come up with that list. And then what I want you to do is actually put it in a logical sequence. Don't just have a random list of topics that you're going to cover in a bunch, in any sequence, it doesn't matter. If I read your content this week and I know that the next piece of content coming from you is going to be kind of like the next step, it's going to make me want to come back next week for sure, right? Um, so I want you to put them in a, a logical sequence. And then we're going to start writing. Now, I have a great tool for this. This is my, uh, my blog content calendar spreadsheet. And it helps you to plan out your content that way. You can check it out at becomeablogger.com slash spreadsheet. It is 100% free of charge. Um, so you can go there and check it out. Or just go to bloggingspreadsheet.com. Okay? So once you have that list, guess what you're going to do next? You're going to start writing that content. Because as I said before, the content is going to play a huge factor in your traffic. And for every piece of content, I want you to be thinking, what's in it for Christina? Uh, well, that's my person, but you put your person's name in there. What will she feel while reading? What will she feel while consuming that content that you're creating? All right. In order to get her to read it, you want to make sure that content is as easy to consume as possible. So I'm going to give you some tips to make that content more attractive, make that content more shareable, make that content more appealing. Here are the tips. Number one, tip number one, you want to create a, a clear and ca or catchy headline. Now, here's the thing. We don't spend enough time on our headlines, and I think it's because we don't really re realize how important your headline is. Eight out of 10 people will only read your headline. In other words, if 100 people come and see your headline, only about 20 of them 
are actually going to read that first paragraph. They're going to go beyond that headline. And your goal is to increase that number as much as possible. You want people to read that headline and then click through and say, you know what, I need to check this thing out. So what I want for you to do, and whether you do this first or last, for me, it doesn't matter. Some people prefer to do it last because, you know, you've gone through the, the writing of that blog post and you have the full, a full context of what it's going to be about. Um, so you can do it after you finish writing the article or before you write the article. But I want you to spend a significant amount of time on this because by doing that, you're going to increase the chances that people are actually going to click through if they see it on social media uh, because it piques their curiosity. Another thing to do when trying to get better at creating these headlines is to look and see what kind of headlines attract you. You know, whether you're on Facebook or, or some other platform, there are certain headlines that are going to be more appealing to you. Ask yourself, why is this so attractive? Why do I want to click on it? Is it that it's including certain elements? Is it that it's asking a question that I want the answer to? Is it that it's tapping into a core belief that you have that helps you to, to, to define yourself to others? Think about those things as you see headlines throughout social media. Okay, so clear, catchy headlines. The next thing is your introduction paragraph. That first paragraph is the most important paragraph of the entire post. Because you know what? It's the paragraph that's, that, that is going to either have uh, Christina continue reading or turn away and go back to what she was doing on Facebook. So... That first paragraph, I want you to spend time on that first paragraph. And the first sentence is the most important sentence. Once again, if they read that sentence and it captures them, then they're going to be more likely to continue reading. So I want to give you some tips for starting off this first sentence and this first paragraph. Start with a series of questions that illustrates what the problem is that you're solving. Start with a series of questions that illustrate what this, the, the problem is that you're solving in that piece of content. So I'll give you an example. Uh, the show notes for this particular blog post, um, I, want, I want you to see how I start this. Okay, so the first sentence is this. Let me scroll up really quick. And the, the title of this uh, blog post, of course, is how to create content that drives traffic to your blog. So th there's clear value in that title. You know what you're going to get, how to create content that drives traffic to your blog. But when you look at how the blog post begins, this is how I start. Are you struggling to drive traffic to your blog? Is your content doing its job and getting the exposure you're looking for? In this post, I'm going to share with you how you can create the right kind of content that drives traffic. Now, think about it. If you're Christina and you are getting your blog started and maybe you don't have an audience as yet and you're trying to figure out how do I get an audience and you read the title of the blog post, how to create content that drives traffic, and then you read that introduction. I can imagine Christina reading this like, are you, are you struggling to drive traffic to your blog? And thinking, yes, I am. Is your content doing its job of getting you the exposure you're looking for? No, it's not. 
In this post, I'm going to share with you how to create the right kind of content that drives traffic. And I could imagine her saying, oh, yes, give me more. Can you? I mean, think about it. It makes perfect sense. So I want you to spend some time on the, tit- on the headlines. I want you to spend some time on the first sentence or the first question um, and spend some time on that first paragraph so that you paint a, a very clear picture. I think this is like the most important thing I'm saying so far. I mean, in this entire post, uh, in this entire podcast episode, you paint a very clear picture of the value she is going to get by reading this post. Now you got her hooked. She has to continue reading. Now, alternatively, uh, you could do something completely different. You can start with an interesting story that illustrates the point of the post, an interesting story that captures her attention. That's another way that you can do it. Generally speaking, I like to start with those probing questions that, that, that helps people to, to really see this is the post for me. Okay, so that's the intro paragraph. Now, let's get to the main content. This, the main content must deliver on the promise that you made in the headline and the opening paragraph. It must deliver on the, the, the promise that you made. When, when, when you wrote that, when you spent all, that, spent all that time and wrote that headline and spent all that time and wrote that first paragraph, you made a promise. Now it's time for you to keep that promise. So deliver the value. Deliver on what you said he or she is going to learn. Okay? So deliver on, on that on the promises. A few tips for the main content. Break it up. You know, m- most people today or many people today are consuming this content on their mobile devices. And uh, fortunately or unfortunately, that means they don't want to see long paragraphs. Okay, so keep it simple. Keep it short. Uh, keep the sentences short and the paragraphs short. Two to three sentences maximum in your paragraphs. Do not make them very long because that becomes a little more jumbled on their mobile devices. And even on a big screen, people don't like to see big blobs of text because it, it feels like, man, I got to work to get through this stuff. Some other things that you can do is you can use headings all throughout your content that makes it scannable. So someone can come literally and just kind of scan through your entire post and see, okay, this contains all of the things that I really want to know about. So if you can break up that content by using headings, relatively short paragraphs, using bullet points where applicable, that's going to make it so that that person can see the value even more. You know, I should also add here, include relevant images, nice pictures that that helps to make the content look more appealing. All right, so that's the main content. Deliver on your promise. Always deliver on your promise. If you're not doing that, then, you know, you might as well just just stop. <laughs> just Just stop because that's not what this is about. This is about providing value. To your audience. Okay, so that's the main content. Now we're getting to the end. What do we want to do? Always include a call to action. You want to have an effective call to action at the end of all of your blog posts. Now, what are some calls to action that you can use? You can ask them to leave a comment. 
uh, a specific comment. Don't just tell them leave a comment, right? At the end, maybe ask them a question and ask them to chime in at in the comments below. Um, ask them to share it with their friends on social media. And you can be specific with that. If you know other people that are interested in starting a blog or in learning biology or struggling in their biology classes, how about you click the share button and share it with them? You could have them check out another post. You can have them join your email list in order to get access to some resource that's directly related to the content that they just read. That is, a, that's perfect because if they just read your entire post, they are interested in this content. And if you can give them even more value by getting them on your email list, do it. Do Just do it. <laughs> uh, or, or what about purchasing a product or service? Now, I, I don't generally do this often from a blog post because it's much harder to make a sale than it is to get someone to opt into your email list to get a free something that you can then nurture a relationship with them and eventually get them to buy. I like to take the slow route to that. The, not, not slow, but the longer-term route to that uh, because you're going to get more people into your funnel or whatever else you can think of. It doesn't have to be one of these calls to actions, but it has to be something that makes sense for the content that they just read. So if you do those things, clear, catchy headline, effective intro paragraph, and of course, an effective intro sentence, um, your main content delivers on the promise you have an effective call to action, you are setting your post up for success. Now, I want to cover a few other things because I think these are important. Um, whatever industry you're in, it's important for your blog to be relevant. Okay? Now, what do I mean by that? If there are certain things that are happening in your industry right now, if there are certain trending topics you want to be on the forefront of that. You know why? Because if it's trending right now, that means a lot of people are searching for it. A lot of people are interested in it. I want you to spend time keeping up to date with what's going on. Your blog must be relevant. You have to understand the trends in your industry. You have to be current. Because by sharing that content, you are taking advantage of some of the natural cycles that are happening and the traffic that can result from that are significant. I'll give you an example. Um, a few months ago, everyone was talking about Snapchat. Actually, this was last year. All the bloggers that I knew were very curious about Snapchat. So what I decided to do was create my Snapchat tutorials at becomeablogger.com slash Snapchat because Snapchat was something that was very confusing for bloggers, very confusing for most adults <laughs> for some reason. Well, not for some reason. It was a difficult app to understand. So I created that content because I knew a lot of people are talking about this right now. And as a result of that, it was my Number one shared piece of content. I, I think I can say ever on my blog. And it's because I decided to, to kind of follow the trend, kind of look at what's happening now, what is hot right now, and create great content for that specifically. 
Another way you could do this is a, a term that sometimes we don't like to hear. Um, it's called newsjacking. <laughs> now, newsjacking is where basically you're taking advantage of what's in the news by writing content related to that. And as a result of that, that can result in a significant boost in your traffic. Now, newsjacking can be very annoying if it's inappropriate. But if there's something happening in the news that's actually relevant to your audience that you can share with your audience, why not create a blog post about it? Why not create a video or a podcast episode about it and then share that thing on social media? And because it's a hot topic, you're, you're, the people that are following you are going to be more likely to share it. Why not? If it makes sense, if it delivers value. And when you share it with the people that care, um, that's going to put you in a position to get more and more people to share and to see that post. So a big, a, a big part of that is actually nurturing relationships with those people and doing that on a regular basis. You know, nurturing relationships with your audience. If you have a small audience, it's way easier to nurture relationships with those few individuals. So take pride in actually doing that. Next thing. Th this part now is going to be, it's probably the most challenging part of what I'm talking about today for many people. But I would encourage you, it's 2017. I would encourage you to consider a video first strategy. On, uh, did I, I did I lose some? Are you still there? Are you did did you did you turn off the podcast episode? I I really hope you're still here with me. But I really want you to pay attention to some of the trends that are happening right now. You know, early last year, Mark Zuckerberg was being interviewed on BuzzFeed, and here's what he said. He said that he wouldn't be surprised. I'm quoting now. Wouldn't be surprised if you fast forward five years and most of the content that people see on Facebook and are sharing on a day-to-day -day basis is video. Later that year, Nicola Mendelssohn, who heads up Facebook's operation in Europe, the Middle East, and Africa, said this. In five years' time, Facebook, and I quote, will be definitely mobile. It will be probably all video. I don't know if you notice this, but the internet is becoming more and more and more about video. So I would actually encourage you, I know this has become a blogger where we're changing the world one blog at a time, but I'm starting to look at this concept of blogging not just as writing. This concept of blogging is creating content, having it on your blog, posting it on a consistent basis, whether that's video, written, or an audio podcast. The same principles still apply. And since the world is moving more in that direction, I don't know if you just heard that um, that um, little, uh, like a, a a little tick just now. That was actually static electricity between the microphone and my lip. It literally just shocked me. <laughs> that was weird. Anyhow, 
the world is moving in a direction of online video. I would consider, you know, maybe you're afraid to be on camera. Maybe you're afraid to do video, hey, your voice or whatever the case might be. But I would encourage you to explore that more. I'm exploring that way more right now. If you've been following me on Facebook, you know that's the case. <laughs> um, video is big. And these big companies, Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, are investing a lot of money, especially live video. So pay attention to that. Now, even if you're doing video, you still want to have written content along with the video because, you know, search engine optimization purposes, Google understands the written word way better than anything else. So don't neglect the written stuff because that's important. The written stuff drives more to my biology blog than any videos, even though the videos are there and people absolutely love the videos because I get so much traffic from Google, that written content is very important. Okay, last tip is this. And this tip actually leads into next week's podcast episode. You see what I just did there? You see what I just did there? Because now you want to listen to next week's. Um, but this tip is, is as follows. Repurpose your content for maximum effect. Listen, whether you just created a, a video or an audio podcast or a written article or whatever the case might be, I want you to convert it into as many other formats as you can using multiple ways on multiple platforms, and that is going to maximize your exposure. With this podcast episode, you know, we have the podcast episode, we have the show notes, we have the slide deck, we have the, um, the infographic, we have the images that go along with it, quotes and all that kind of stuff. Repurposing it into multiple formats so that we can use it in multiple ways to drive more traffic. That is actually what next week's podcast episode is going to be all about. I'm going to walk you through a very specific strategy a very specific strategy for creating and repurposing content for maximum traffic. Now, as I encouraged you in this podcast episode, I'm going to leave you with a call to action. And this call to action is actually a question that I want you to answer. And that question is as follows. After listening to this podcast episode, after listening, how will you change your content strategy over the next few months? How will you change your content strategy over the next few months? This is episode number 298. So you can go to becomeablogger.com slash 298 to answer that question, to get the show notes. If you missed anything, if you want like an overview of what we covered so that you can remember all of the points. It'll all be there. You don't have, you see, you don't even have to do the work while listening to these episodes because I want to make it as easy for you as possible. Becomeablogger.com slash 298. Hey, I also want to remind you, my blog content calendar spreadsheet is available 100% free of charge. Go to becomeablogger.com slash spreadsheet. I've been getting, I've, I've gotten better feedback over this spreadsheet than anything else I've given away to date in my nine years of oh my word nine years of blogging that's almost a decade I'm like an an antique now <laughs> become a blogger.com slash spreadsheet check it out and plan your content for the rest of the year so that's pretty much it for this episode this is Leslie Samuel here from become a blogger.com where we're changing the world one blog at a time and until next time, 
Take care and God bless. Three, four.